You just turn it off. You easy know? peasy. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. Lemon squeezy. Uh, you know what else is lemon squeezy? What's that? Hey there, everybody. <laughs> Welcome back to Pixel It. And it's our game of the year edition. Woo! We're going we're gonna to talk about our games of the year uh, this episode, Phil and I will will go down our lists. We'll talk about the games that we we loved, the games that we loved together, and uh, you know we'll 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 get we'll get it done. We'll we'll yeah. crown a game at the end, and that all the other games are deleted from our Forever. Steam accounts. Forever, Forever. never play. Forever, again. and your Steam account. There will be yep. they won't exist anymore. Yeah, I hope you got in there while you could. It's over now. Uh, Nuclear warheads are on their way. On their way. Not only are they on their way to the Great Lakes, but they're on their way to your Steam accounts. So and and, and so you you guys won't hear this for another uh, week or so. But uh, this is this will this will explain a lot. This uh, explains so much. You're gonna yeah you're gonna you're gonna have spent about a week trying to figure out what the hell went on, and uh, this is our answer. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so anyway. Let's let's get into it. Uh, let's let's go bottom up. I, I would imagine that that makes the most sense. That's the way uh, I like to fuck. So, <laughs> good. I'm glad. Good. I'm good. glad we're there. Off to um, a good start. Off to a great start. Uh, so, uh, Phil, why don't you go first with your number ten? Okay, my number ten, and I'm going to be pulling it up so I've got the information in front of hold me. On, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold oh, on. Oh, oh, oh. <gasps> ASMR. ASMR segment. It's time. It's time. What you, what you drinking tonight? Ah, Diet Coca-Cola. Ah, classic. Classic. <laughs> Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, go for it. All right. My number 10 game is Ravenous Devils. And this was one that I talked a little bit. In fact, I, I, I don't think there's a single game on this list that I didn't talk about during our What Are You Playing segment. I'm pretty sure we've talked about all these during What Are You Playing. But yeah, you know, so there's no it's the game of the year that. episode. What, what exactly. Did, what, what are we expecting here? You yeah, know? we weren't we weren't holding anything back from you guys. Come on. Yeah. Uh, Ravenous Devils is a uh, they they describe it as a horror cooking simulator uh, and uh, and I, I gotta agree it is basically Sweeney Todd the game you play uh, a couple of uh, one is a uh, a cook the other one is a tailor in this case and you have to swap between the two of them as one basically invites people in kills them steals their clothes. Uh, refines their clothes so you can resell them and throws their body down into the basement where your wife can chop them up, turn them into pies or sausages or steaks and sell them in your store. And uh, there is a storyline in the game that goes through it, but it's probably the least interesting sure. part of it. Um, yeah. Again, it is, it is, it, it is just Sweeney Todd. It is just that story. And I love Sweeney Todd, but um the story doesn't matter as much as the gameplay. The gameplay is kind of frantic. It's fun. Uh, you're hop again. You're hopping back and forth between these perspectives. Um, it's it can get difficult, but never so difficult that I wanted to just give up the ghost. Um, it's five bucks. 
And I got about seven or eight hours out of it before I finally beat it. I really enjoyed it. You can customize it and, and uh, customize your stores and upgrade all that fun stuff. You can even, uh, in a secret little mini game, uh, grow a man-eating plant in your Ooh. attic. And who doesn't like, want to do that? Like Audrey 2. Exactly. Exactly like Audrey 2. <laughs> um, it's a lot of fun. It's by Bad Vices Games. Um, let me see. What else have they done? Uh, the uh, Bad Vices Games, the uh, masterminds behind Sexual Void, uh, which is a uh, which is a uh, JOI game. Uh, and uh, for, it's a JOI game. If you know, you know. Um, if you know, you know. <laughs> you know, you know. Uh, JOI, uh, for, for those playing the home game, stands for Jerk Off Instructions. Um, so these guys so really. now you uh, all know. <laughs> now you all know. Now you're all the people who know. And uh, so they've come a long way. Let's just say it that way. They've come a long way. <laughs> Uh, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of fun and it's got kind of, um, <laughs> it's, it's got, it's got, um, it's got just enough, uh, uh, indie jank to make it charming, uh, and, and not enough to make it obnoxious. And again, the price point's pretty good. So yeah, my number 10 ravenous devils. What about Fantastic. you? Fantastic. All right, my number 10 is, uh, they've come a long way, Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> uh, my number 10 is Faith Chapter 3. Uh-huh. Uh, a few months ago in October, the uh, Unholy Trinity edition of Faith was released, which has which has uh, Faith Chapters 1, 2, and 3. If you don't have it, I recommend you pick it up. Uh, played as a complete game, the entire thing takes six to seven hours, and if you're a little bit more completionist, I'd probably say eight or nine hours uh, if you're if you're going through one, two and three. Um, Faith Chapter three is a continuation of the Faith series created by Eredorf and published by New Blood. And if you if you know anything about New Blood, uh, this is the faith is right up your alley uh, because New Blood does. You know, they they've done things like Iron Lung. Um, which was pretty well received this year. That was oh, this yeah. year, right? Iron Lung. Yeah, that was this year. Um, Dusk, a medieval. Uh, so there's there's a whole lot of good new blood stuff out there, and Faith is is among. Oh, and um, oh, what's uh the one that I've been looking forward to forever, and it's in early access right now, and it's uh called uh. I'm going to cut this out. (laughs) Keep me on the edge of my seat. (laughs) All right, fine. Store page, New Blood Interactive. What am I thinking of? Uh, Gloomwood. Jesus Christ. Oh, Gloomwood. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gloomwood's in early access. and, And it'll probably be on my next year next year game of the year because it's it's very it's definitely early it doesn't even have the complete game out yet it's just right uh it's missing a bunch of levels so uh faith chapter three continues the story of the priest cop from (laughs) from the exorcist from chapters one and two and it's the ultimate showdown against uh gary the cult leader who is basically behind everything that started in uh, Faith Chapter One, so it's it's retro pixel art 
real retro pixel art. It looks like it would have been on the Atari in 1985 or something like that. Uh, The game takes place in 1987. It's very influenced by the Satanic Panic, which uh, is a very interesting. We all know about the Satanic (laughs) Panic. It's a very interesting topic. So, Faith, uh, Chapter 3 is my number 10 for 2022. Number 9. Go for it. Number 9. Oh, that's right. We did that last year. Uh, I'm already back. Uh, My number 9 is Strange Horticulture. Uh, this one was developed by bad Viking who, uh, I don't know if they did anything that I would know. Otherwise, um, they're kind of all over the place. Uh, they've got a game called King of retail, uh, which appears to be a retail simulator. Like sure. You know, these guys came out of freaking nowhere, uh, land of the Vikings, that kind of thing. But strange horticulture is a really satisfying, calm, but challenging little puzzle game where you play the owner of this odd uh, botanical shop. It's very witchy and you're meant to solve a mystery while traveling all over this little map and solving puzzles that will lead you to new samples of plants and mushrooms and all kinds of other, uh, again, bot- botanicals that you can keep in your shop, that you can use to cure people's ills, that you can use to solve mysteries, that you can use to solve puzzles. And it's very clever. It's one of those games that got me to grab my notepad and scroll down notes and stuff like that for the puzzles, which, come on, Kev, you you and I are old school yeah, yeah. gamers. Of course. How am I supposed to resist that? Um it's very interesting and very unique and charming and, and had a lot of love put into it, baked into it, which uh, makes me very happy. And again, it's challenging and really interesting and the puzzles are fantastic, but it also has this wonderful, calm kind of atmosphere, which just makes it wonderful for a fat hungover guy on a Saturday morning (laughs) to just kind of lazily go through. And by the time he's figured out exactly what mushroom goes into this tincture, the hangover is gone. And uh, (laughs) hypothetically speaking, uh, I mean, of course. Of course. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, I, I, I highly recommend it. It's a little expensive for how much gameplay you get out of it. I hate to couch in that kind of criticism I do, but it is $15. And I think I got like six or seven hours of time out out of it. If that matters to you, then wait for it to go on sale. But frankly, if I'm describing it to you and, and it sounds like it might interest you, it probably is exactly what you think it is. Cause I know that's how I felt. I was like, if this is what I think it is, I'm going to be really excited. And it was, uh, yeah. uh, and there aren't a lot of games like this out there, at least not in my experience. If I'm wrong and there are, please contact me and let me know about more games like this because I sure. really enjoyed Strange, Strange Horticulture. That's my number awesome. nine. All right. Number nine for me is Last Call BBS, which is the final Zachtronics game that will be released. Uh, Zachtronics as a developer slash publisher or what have you is deciding to to you know throw in the towel after mm. this this last release and what they've made over the years are these really quirky kind of fun puzzle games 
Uh, Last Call BBS is a game, the conceit of it is you are booting up an old computer and it has all this pre-installed like software on it that you can kind of click around and look into as as old emails and and whatnot. And then you go into the games and it has um, and then you go into a, a BBS that it connects to and you can download games onto the computer. <laughs> and then it and it's like all in real time. It's like you click download the game and it's like it'll download in two minutes. So you just like sit there and watch the bar fill up for two minutes and then you can play the game. That's and there's, freaking hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. And then there's like I can't remember specifically how many games are on there. Most of my time was spent in a game called 20th Century Food Court, which mm. has basically it's a it's a puzzle game where you have to uh, effectively and efficiently get food orders from one end of this map to another using all sorts of different equipment. And it goes from very simple at the beginning to to mind breakingly complex by the end because you have to have all these things that do like, all right, well, this, this takes, when this hits this point, it activates this thing and it sends a signal over to this arm to grab it and move it over to this thing. And it's (laughs) the amount of wiring on your little screen is, is so intense that if anyone who came in and saw it, they would they would think that you lost your mind uh, with 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 how uh, with how intense this game gets. So uh, that's that to me that's that was like the standout. The other games I played a little bit. Uh, there's a solitaire game that I you know mucked around with. Uh, there's a game that is very similar to the game that you were talking about the other day, where you uh, you're you build models. Yeah. Yeah. Model builder. Sure. There's a game in, in last call BBS that does that. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> so you're saying that the game that I was like, I had to give up on because it was just too close. It's just a piece of this game. It's a you. piece of last call BBS. That's yes. Funny. <laughs> that's so funny. So, uh, number nine, last call BBS, the final Zachtronics game. Very nice. Okay, that makes this number eight. Uh, my number eight is Tiny Folks uh, by Pierre Vandermeisen. This is I. This is another one of these old school cheap. Uh, you know, you could you could buy this game for less than you can a, a, a cup of coffee these days, and it's old school as hell. It has a wonderful blend of strategy and classic RPG elements. Basically, you are playing a uh, king who needs to build up a team of adventurers to cross this land and take your crown back from an evil wizard. And you do that by building up your little hamlet of people and training them in different ways. There are all kinds of combinations of skills that you can give to each of your little heroes. And in 45 days or less, you've got to go (laughs) and defeat this wizard. And it's weird how well it blends both complexity with simplicity. It is a very simple game. It is not, you know, it is not, 
It is not a complicated game in the slightest, but at the same time, there is a level of depth and complexity to it that is very, very satisfying. Um, You can beat it and uh, beat it again with different challenges in mind. Uh, It's really very cool. Uh, I enjoyed the hell out of this one. This one, I yeah. kind of like just I was like, it's four bucks. What's the worst thing that could right. happen? I'm going to try it out and and see how I enjoy it. Um, and uh, and I ended up pumping some serious hours into this one. And yeah, I, I highly I, recommend it. I played it a bit, too. I, I want I need to play it a little bit more before I uh, can. I would consider moving it up the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I was I, I just I started getting very frustrated with the. I'd say difficulty spikes between the the towns that I would like that or the the things that you would travel to. It would be like it would be like easy to medium was like a huge jump. You know, it's a mean? jump. Yes, it is a jump. It is um, a jump. And and so uh, and then the most the recent thing that I realized was that the like, oh, sometimes it's better to just not upgrade a person at all. Uh, yeah, because like a, a a single train, like a like a person who is just single trained once in faith, for example, like uh, or, and that makes them a priest or whatever mm-hmm. can do is probably the best healer that you're going to get versus if you train them again, they don't actually lose access to a couple of the spells that made yeah. them good on the lower level. So, yeah, uh, tiny folks, though, I put some hours into it, too, and it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of fun. It's a. Uh, it's almost like a, a a puzzle in and of itself, figuring out like, all right, yeah. this is what I got to do in order to be actually effective. Yeah, it, it requires a lot of trial and error, like a lot of these strategy games that I like. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but yeah, yeah, that, that's totally valid. All right. Number eight for number me, eight? Uh, Dying Light Two: stay human. I love the gameplay of Dying Light Two. It is so much fun. It's a first person. Uh, you can't really say shooter because there are really not. You're not really using guns in the game. You're using mm-hmm. melee weapons. Uh, Dying Light 2 is made by Techland. They are the company that also made Dead Island years yeah. ago. Um, and Dying Light 2 and, and Dying Light were kind of like the the appropriate continuation of that idea. Um, whereas, whereas uh, dead Island was, you know, met with mostly disappointment. Dying light games with the introduction of all the parkour elements that they have in them are a lot of fun. Yeah. Now dying light Two, for as much fun as I had on it is lower on the list because of how absolutely dumb and, and annoying the story is. It's, um, <laughs> It's it's the story and the cutscenes are so bad that you start skipping them mm. on your first playthrough. You're not even letting them oh, play. Oh yeah, like, that's that's no. You're good. like yeah. You're like I don't care um, oh, because wow. of yeah. it, it's because you're playing a guy who's looking for his sister, but the the flashbacks to when they were kids are just so cloying and. Uh, they they dry they drove me up a wall. So mm-hmm. I really wasn't playing it for the story anymore. I would advance the story just to get access to new areas. Sure, but I wasn't really playing it for the story. But yeah, Dying Light Two, lot of fun, um, and I think it's it's cheaper now than it was at the beginning of the year. It was you released know, I, in January, I think. 
I'm glad that you said that because I played some Dying Light 2 and that was when, for uh, our listeners who might remember when my computer completely cracked itself in half, uh, that was right before that happened. So I wasn't getting the best gameplay experience of it. Sure. Uh, although I could tell there was something there and I loathed the storyline. And yes, and I, and you know, <laughs> I love story and I was skipping through it on my first playthrough, just like you said. And I was like, this, shut up. I just let me go fight some, I don't care. And, uh, and let me and, run across some rooftops. <laughs> right. Right. And then when I got my, my, uh, my new rig all set up and everything, I never went back to it, but I'm glad you said this. Cause now I'm going to, I'm going to yeah. go back to it. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my number eight. Mm. Okay. For my number seven, uh, I chose stray. Go for it. Which I mean, this, this one, this one was one of those games that when it came out this summer was kind of like all anyone could talk about for a solid, like two weeks. Basically it became a meme. Yeah, it was all anyone uh, gave a shit about for a good long time. The meow button, uh, the whole damn thing. And I, like an idiot, uh, waited on this particular one (laughs) and only played it uh, in the past month or so. And I'm so glad I did. Uh, it, It appealed to me on so many different levels. I love the world. I loved the, uh, the, the best, the best kitty boy in the entire world. Uh, (laughs) And he looked like your cat. And it looks like my cat Jonesy. And, and, um, it gave me a little choked up moment at the end and it's got this wonderful cyberpunk feel to it. The world is interesting. I had a little trouble as we've discussed before coming and going from the game. I feel like this is one of those games that if you're going to play stray, you could probably finish it in like two sittings and that's probably your best way to go about it. I don't, yeah. I don't uh, I don't think I realized how short the game was. It's not a short, short game. It took me like six hours to beat. Um, but I think if I knew it was that long, there were several times I would have chosen not to uh, quit. I would have been like, OK, let's oh, let's you'd do have this. just powered through. Right. Let's just keep playing. And uh, and that way it wouldn't have affected me quite as much. So if you know that you're going into more of a medium sized bite of storyline and that sort of thing, I think you'll you'll enjoy it uh, uh, better. I think the experience will go better that way. Um, yeah. But the gameplay feels good. It's just so stupidly beautiful. And the soundtrack is great. I'm I'm amazed I haven't heard more about the soundtrack. It's so subtle and there are no great yeah. sweeping scores that you're going to be able to hum, but it's right. so appropriate for the world and uh it all comes together so beautifully. So uh awesome. Stray, without question, number seven. Yeah, Stray, I I never I never got I never finished it, so that's mm-hmm. why it's absent from my list. But I enjoyed the the time that I spent with with the the cute little kitty, mm. um, and I meowed the crap out of out of that. Oh, button. absolutely! How can you not? Um, number seven for me, and I think this is a shared one. Is okay. is if you want to chime in, Cult of the Lamb. Cult of the Lamb. So, Cult of the Lamb. You. It is a roguelite farming sim dungeon crawl game where yes. you and also <laughs> cult simulator um, yes <laughs> is that a, is that a good summary of what it is I, 
I think so. It was yeah. it was it was the game that finally made me understand um uh the binding of Isaac. Uh, yes, and why it, people it, keep coming back to it? Yeah, stylistically, it's it's not that far off from from Binding of Isaac. Yeah, uh, you play as a little lamb who, at the beginning of the game, is going to be sacrificed to some eldritch god, and you break free, and the the god, a different god, is like you're going to be my vessel, and you start up a cult, uh, and. You know, you you gather your followers, and there's there's basically four biomes that you fight your way through, with four bishop with a bishop at the end of each one, and uh, it's it's adorable too. And you you got it your is. little cult cult followers, and they poop everywhere, and you yeah. gotta <laughs> pick up the poop, and you sometimes you sacrifice them. I I. I couldn't. I I sac and I sacrificed Kevin uh, for the record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, full disclosure: sacrificed uh, my best friend. Uh, that's yeah. just how this works. That's just how uh, it works. That's how it works. Uh, so, no, uh, I also have cult on the of of the lamb on my list. It is higher up uh, in a big way because to um, back when all of the millennials were talking about what uh, house of Hogwarts they were, um, I, I had I was trying to explain. Uh, to my family, why uh, I identified as Slytherin, and uh, and my sister-in-law uh, put it best. I said, "It's I'm not. I don't like the Slytherin because they're uh, wizard racist. Uh, uh, I, I like them because they're." And she said, "Evil." And I went, "Yeah, probably. That's that's it's all the dark lore and all that yeah. stuff. So the yeah. aesthetic for this game just makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, and uh, the gameplay was so addictive." Uh, I'll, I'll get into a little, my own personal thoughts when we get to it, but yeah, this is, this is one for, for my list as well. Big time, big time. Uh, by the way, um, we can't let a mention of Harry Potter go by without saying fuck JK Rowling. Fuck JK Rowling, by the way. And, uh, don't buy Hogwarts legacy or play no. it. Just no. You can do other things. There's lots There's of good media out there. Get you into only have Warhammer. So get into Warhammer 40k. Ah. Original flavored Warhammer. Yeah. Pick one. Kevin is. I'm getting. I'm. Ah. I'm I started reading the Horse Heresy series. We finally I, broke him down, people. You we finally they, made it happen. Phil broke me down, and I have signed up to read a series that is 62 books long. <laughs> Sixty-two one that I books. myself have not finished. They have released 62 books. In the past 16 years. Yep. What the fuck? It is, it is a, it is a absolute factory of sci-fi grim darkness. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm in, I'm in like Flynn. Um, so, and what, so what is, uh, you already did your number seven, right? Yes. We are on number six. Number six. Go for your number six. Number six for me. Iron Lung. Mm, I I mentioned Iron Lung earlier. Yes. And Iron Lung is only kept from the top from the top 5 basically just because of how good uh the games I played in the top 5 were. I I mentioned before not wanting to gauge a game based on how much money you got uh, uh you paid for it based on how much time you put into it. This is one of those reasons uh because it's about 5 or 6 dollars and it it it's a 90 minute game. 
it, it, it took me, you know, a lunch it's a feature break. film. It is a feature <laughs> film. Exactly. Uh, and <laughs> it is wonderful. Everything about it, the claustrophobia of it, the simple, but fun and engaging gameplay. You are a criminal that has been sealed inside a submersible on a planet that is covered in an ocean of blood. And (laughs) you can't see, you can't see outside. So you've just got to follow these coordinates and take pictures of submerged artifacts slash skeletons slash nightmare fuel. And, and, and uh, (laughs) fuck, it's good. It's just so good. Good. It's like it's it's it is just scary and bleak and and effectively lo-fi. Yeah. And and just just it just like I guess you what N sixty four era yeah, graphics something like that. Yeah. You know and and just everything's very polygonal. Now one of the things uh, 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 that that people have given uh, the designer David Szymanski, uh, uh shit for is the ending, and he himself has has admitted, yes, you're right, the ending's a bit of a cop out. I still didn't care. Uh, uh, it is a bit of a cop out. The ending is a bit of a cop out. I'm not going to say what it is. You have to play the game to find out. Um, but even with a you know not a horrible cop out, but it's a cop out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But even with that, it's the most effective horror gaming I've played all year. Yeah. In in an hour and a half. I never played it, but I watched, I I just enjoyed watching people play it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was, it was, it was fun to, to see people kind of start sweating as they, as they go through the game. Um, One of the other things I'll point out is that David Zmanski created this game short game and then but the lore he created for the game the hints of wider world building yeah are so tempting like yeah i wanted to know more about that and you're like oh yeah well too bad yeah <laughs> I, I hope we get another one. I don't care. I don't care if, if we get Iron Lung 2 and it's basically exactly the same gameplay, just another a different hour and a half. I'm in. I'll give you another yeah. six bucks. Make it happen. It, it, it's a great example of how indie horror can be crazy effective on a budget without resorting to the same bullshit Five Nights right. at Freddy's style jump scare thing which, yeah look that has its place but we're glutted with it it's it's so it's, much it's there's too much. so much so this is wonderful again it it is i'm a horror guy and this to me is probably the best horror game i played all year yeah. uh that's all there is to i mean it. So, phil yeah. was in phil was in at oceans of blood oh yeah yeah it was the most metal thing I'd ever heard in my life. Such I'm in a, a metal sub- thing. I'm in a submersible in an ocean of blood. I'm in. Crank in. the cradle of filth and let's go. Let's like, do it. That's it. That's it. So that's my uh, number six. Kevin, Kevin, what do what you got? Number six for me is Vampire Survivors. Yes. This game, uh, I've this game I've dedicated the the most hours to of the games on my list. I've probably dedicated the most hours to it. Um, really? Now, honestly, that's interesting. Uh, now, uh, honestly, no, actually, that's a lie. Sorry. Okay. I, okay. I, okay. I, am, I am lying. I'm not going to cut it out because I believe <laughs> we should learn from our mistakes and preserve them in amber. Yep. So, yes, numbers one and five on my list. I'm 
uh, number one, def- definitely more, and five is getting pretty close. Um, okay. But yeah, number six, Vampire Survivors. It is this little game. There's not, there's, you're just a little dude on a screen and you're walking around killing monsters. Yep. And the weapons auto attack. It's a twin stick shooter, except there's only one, one stick. So that's the way I kind of describe it. Think of Smash TV, except you don't have to really worry about the second control. Uh, (laughs) You you just have the one and you just point your, your guy in a little direction and everything about it is is jangly and fun and and all that stuff. Uh, Vampire Survivor. It's it's so well it's it's become so well known. Uh, I think it's it it just released a DLC uh, yep. a few weeks before this episode is going to come out. That bastard, because now he ruined my perfect achievement list. So. I know. It is. I don't know if I'm going to go back and finish and 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 because come on, man, don't move the goalposts like that. It's, That's it's unforgivable, fair. but you got to do what you got to do. You got to do what you got to do. But yeah. yeah, Vampire Survivors, number six on my list. I think it's also on your list, right, Phil? It is absolutely on my list. Uh, uh, everything Kevin oh, said. And the music, the music, the music slaps. Music rules. It, the music is amazing and it invokes, evokes the best of castlevania stuff mm-hmm. all the artwork is castlevania the inspired yeah the, the whole, whole thing, thing folks the best. Caboodle. yeah so oh yeah and I'll, I'll get into it a little bit later but uh, without question uh I, I don't think anyone would be surprised to see vampire survivors on everyone's uh game of the year list it is not a big surprise the, we are not stretching hard to suggest that this one belongs on both of our top tens um yeah but I will just say here, it is it is absolutely the game that I devoted the most uh, hours to in 2022. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll get into that. All right. Okay, so we're on number five. Number five. Number five for me is Marvel Snap. Hey, Marvel <laughs> Snap is also at my is also my number five. Yay! I knew I knew one of them. I was like, one of them we are going to match up on. Yep, exactly. Good. That's number perfect. five, Marvel Snap, <laughs> and I think that's where it belongs. Yeah. It's uh, it's up there for hours. Absolutely, I yeah. I was I, so I, I just on my Steam version. I have like twenty hours in, and I I've like I barely played it on my computer, and I have twenty hours. Oh. <laughs> on, on steam so uh, the the iphone isn't tracking it so right which for me honestly in my own self-esteem i'm probably good with that yeah I, I play it at work i play it at home i play it while i'm cooking while i'm making breakfast when i'm watching movies with the wife i i'm constantly pooping. playing it pooping oh absolutely when i'm pooping uh and yep. it is we have talked many times before about uh, how non-exploitative it is. Um, it's it's uh, it, there's don't get me wrong. They got potential to do it. But at the time of this taping, uh, they are uh, holding back. I think Evelyn uh, error made a good point uh, when we talked about it. Uh, she said, is it maybe it's just that they're trying to keep Disney's holding back on that because really what they want is people to be thinking about Marvel all the time. Sure. And, I hope that's what it is, because not only is that diabolically evil and genius on a Disney scale, it saves us all a little bit of money. 
And sure. I appreciate that. Uh, the trading card nerd in me loves it. Oh, God, um, yeah. I, I am taken, yeah, I am taken back to 1992. 100%. Going down to the corner, uh, the corner store, grabbing a pack of marble cards. Oh, yeah. Um, we had a, we had a, we had a card store. It was just, they, they just sold baseball cards, like yep. all sorts of cards um, and other sports memorabilia, but they sold, you know, uh, comic book cards, all that stuff. I just remember, you know, going there, walking there, getting a pack, opening it up and and like looking at the cards, looking at the power levels on the back. I think that's oh, the yeah. thing that really I love about it is the power level idea. Um, and and they would have like, oh, this person's a seven in intelligence and a five in, in yep. strength and all that stuff. Yep. Um, I Yeah, that was honestly that was I may have talked about this on the show before, but that was my first uh, dipping of the toe into game design. Because my brother and I collected those cards and I noticed that on the back they had six stats. And so we would play a card against each other and roll a D6 and whoever had the highest score on that won the match. Very simple stuff. But like that was that was me, you know, getting into that kind of thing very early on. And that's really cool. It's neat. It, and and so so this really appeals to me on that level. Uh, yeah. On, yeah. So, yeah. Marvel Snap, love it. Marvel Snap. I'm not. I I just got. Um, I it, it was funny earlier today. It was either earlier today or last night. Uh, there's a new card called Dark Hawk that literally uh-huh. just came out this week, and I opened up one of the uh, collectors' caches that I got from from leveling up my cards, and uh, there he was, Dark Hawk. Oh, I was like, see, that's awesome. Th- that's that feel. There's like, ooh. Okay, and, and and it's great because uh, you cannot buy the cards. You have right. to collect them naturally. You have to get lucky, and it keeps you coming. I've got this. Uh, I call it Symbiote X. Uh, okay, and my it's it's a combination of self destructive Symbiote cards and Weapon X. Uh, you know, invincible cards. Sure, and a I still don't have Venom. So obviously, right. and I need Venom for this deck, but B, there are variants, purely aesthetic variants, and there yeah. are symbiote variants for a bunch of the different cards that I also have in this. And I went, well, that just thematically makes me so right. excited. I'm yeah. desperate to have an entire deck filled with this. So it's, and, and because the, I can't just go out and shell out and cash buy for them. It, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to keep playing. Until you, you know, it's a, it's it's kind of like a goal you set for yourself. Absolutely. Like, all right, I want this symbiote deck, and I want all I want all the non symbiote cards to have their symbiote variants. Exactly, yeah. and that keeps you coming back for it. And so it, it's it's something I anticipate I'm going to be playing. I for think a the while. two I know the two dogs have symbiote variants. Um, I think I've Cosmo and Lock, mm. Lockjaw. I think both uh, have. Nova has a symbiote variant, yes. which I definitely need because he's in my symbiote deck. Of course, if you're doing destruction, um, you gotta you gotta you have gotta Nova have in there. Him. I don't know. I don't know about all, but that's one of the only ones I've seen. So I know they exist. Uh, and that's the thing. I could probably go online and look this up and find out exactly which ones. It, but I'm really enjoying not knowing. <laughs> you're just enjoying the discovery. Exactly. Of it. It's fun. It makes me feel like I'm playing these games between the trading card aspect of it and that. 
it makes me feel like I, like you know it's a, it makes me feel like a kid again Kevin. makes me feel like a kid again i'm a kid again all over again so yeah all right. without question number five all right number four what what do you got i put down hold on make sure i got this right yeah uh yeah i for number four i put down return to monkey island love uh, that love it i have it on they, my list too it's it's in a different spot but go ahead Okay. Okay. Well, I, and this may, and that makes sense to me. Uh, it, it, this was just, this is another, I mean, so many of these games now that I look at it are <laughs> reflective of me being just an old man, uh, both for just in the style of games I like and the nostalgic value of it and return to monkey Island. Obviously this is a franchise that has existed since God was a boy <laughs> and, you know, we all, you know, get misty eyed about it. And the developer made us misty eyed through it. Um, it was it really hit the spot. Let me yeah. put it that way. It yeah, felt it just felt good to go back to the world. It didn't overstay its welcome. It didn't um, dwell too hard on the old aspects of it. It, it moved for it it has graduated to the modern world very gracefully and uh and in doing so gave us a brilliant and beautiful send off uh to this franchise i thought they did it justice i was thrilled with how well it was designed i liked the um art style of it i liked the voice which acting which was very contentious but i, I know. would say yeah to those people who hate the art style um, go suck an egg. Mm-hmm. I remember now, first and foremost, even if, even if you, whether you, whether I don't give a shit if the art style looked like a third grader drew it, you don't act like that. Have some yeah. class. Don't be a dildo. Um, but um, I yeah, do remember you're a dildo. Well, then. if you're a dildo, you know, then, then, you know, you're a friend. Uh, Your just friend. don't, just, just don't be a bad dildo. Uh, don't be a bad dildo says Pixelit boys. Uh, yep. <laughs> no, um, it's, it, it's one of those things that, uh, when I saw it, I was like, well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not thrilled about it. Um, in the stills, but in motion, uh, I was, it, it, it really warmed up on me. I was like, oh no, this is great. You know, when, when in action, it, it all made a lot of sense and it felt really good. Um, no, I, I loved it. It hit me in the nostalgia bone beautifully, but it also, it carried itself on its own without uh, the nostalgia aspects to it. If right. this was any other puzzle game, I feel maybe not this high on the list if it had been, you know, a brand new puzzle game or something, but it absolutely would have been on my list. I just, uh, the gameplay was great. It was, I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. A hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. Um, number four on my list is Marvel Midnight Suns, which ah. is a which is a late late uh, late comer to the to the to the gaming uh, sphere. I think it was released what earlier this month. Um, yeah, yeah. It's but it's so good. It's it's made by Firaxis, uh, makers of XCOM, uh, Civilization, all your favorites, time consuming <laughs> games. You know the games yeah. that you really just. Say, all right, I'm just going to do one more turn or one more mission. <laughs> and you say that at three o'clock in the morning. Yep. And then you're like, all right, I think I'm done. And it's the three o'clock in the morning the next day. Now. Right. Um, right. 
Um, Midnight Suns is has a lot of the strategy elements that XCOM does, except it is card based as opposed to uh, grid and uh, ability based, so to speak. Um, you you draw a, a set of cards. You have three heroes that you control, um, and they're Marvel heroes. One of them is the hero that you've made called the Hunter, and the other two are you know come from a roster that include uh, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Captain America, Nico Minoru, um, Magic, who crossover is she's she's actually pretty important in a lot of marvel snap decks absolutely <laughs> she shows up here as well um she shows up here as well and uh um uh who else oh captain marvel is in the mm-hmm. game um and it's it's a lot of fun uh the the hilarious thing about it is that it's not only a tactics game, tactics game it has this social element um that you find in games like persona where you're actually building the relationships with the people on your team and becoming better friends with the people on your team actually gives you bonuses in combat and raising the overall team friendship level gives you bonuses in combat. So there's there's all these elements that are completely optional. The yep. game actually has a pop up box that says, all right, you've progressed this as far as you need to for the sake of the game. You don't have to do this anymore. It's optional. Which, but, thank you for that. Like, that's but, great. <laughs> the fact that it tells you it's optional is amazing, but I'm like, well, no, fuck you, game. I'm going to play it. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's all these, like, fun little side quests that you have in between missions that you can work on, and it is delightful. I think one of the problems my Night Suns might have is, is probably MCU burnout. Um, but I think sure. some of the writing in Midnight Suns shows that Marvel is Marvel because it's a lot of fun, you know, and that and Midnight Suns is very much in that vein where it just has these characters and they're they're written in they're written in their archetypal forms. You know, this is this is Tony Stark being wisecracking. This is Peter Parker being um you know, he has imposter syndrome uh, when he's out of, when he's out of the Spider-Man suit. He has imposter syndrome. And as soon as he puts the Spider-Man suit on, he's super confident and making these like quips and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, it's it's fun. I love Midnight Suns. Um, I'm like, I don't know, like a good 30 hours into it. I I think I'm. I don't know if I'm about halfway through it. It's a beefy mm. game. If you're really engaging it on all levels, it's a very beefy game. So uh, even though I haven't finished it, it's still the 30 hours I've spent in it are enough to warrant it being number four on my list. Yeah, I have a feeling that if I had if I if it was working for me, I I, I would. Yeah, once you get through the technical list. issues, I think yeah. you're probably going to it might be the same type of thing for you where it's like, yeah. oh, God. <laughs> which which is what kind of happened it always happens every year you and i do this and you'll mention a game or two that uh i i didn't get to and i'll end up playing within the first two months of the new year and go yeah this would have been on my list <laughs> so uh right. like death yeah. store for example that would have been oh, on my list yes and, exactly you know, uh stuff like that uh loop hero 
Um, mm. But uh, yeah, I, I I have a suspicion that this will be also something that would normally, but I I, I haven't played enough of it in good faith that I could uh, put it on my list. Sure. So. All right. And at this point, it doesn't beat Ravenous Devils, my friend. Oh, it's Ravenous Devils and then everything else. Everything Um, else. (laughs) All right. Number three, go for it. Number three for me is Cult of the Lamb. uh, There we go. Which is just all uh, the aesthetic kills me it's so adorable i think one of my favorite things to do is to look at the steam reviews of it where people are giving it like all positive thumbs up and saying totally innocuous things about how cute the lamb is and stuff i think in hopes of tricking some unwary parent into buying this for their kid sure Uh, i fully support this i think it should be done more frequently uh, trick parents into buying totally inappropriate games for their kids. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. Do it in my name. Do it. Um, uh, play the records backwards, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's, let's get a good satanic panic going, you know? Let's do it. Come on. Let's do it. I mean, where are we? Come where on. are we? Come uh, on. Let's get, uh, let's go under the, un, let's go walk around underneath the city in the, in the sewer drains. And yeah. And, yeah. Let's find what, go down there. Find out. You never know. See what you find. See if you, can you find you any cultists down there? Yeah, who yeah. knows? If you don't look for the giant rats, are you ever going to find them? No, no. you're not. <laughs> so, you're- yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we've talked about that one, but uh, without question, number three for me. I, I loved that game so much. It made me so, so happy. So good. Yeah. Number three for me is Immortality. Ah, Immortality. Okay. Uh, an FMV game. So good. I went on about it at length, I think, on the What Are You Playing that I talked mm-hmm. about it. Um, the lead is played by a woman named Manon Gage, and she was... What a name. Good name. Yeah, good name. She was tremendous. She was nominated uh, for Best Performance in a Game um, this year for the Game Awards. She lost out to Christopher Judge, who is the uh, the voice of Kratos in... Fair enough. God of War um, for Ragnarok. Um, Mm. But Man on Gage gave a hell of a performance. Um, And also the the woman who plays the one uh, who is a a certain element of the game that is best discovered on your own uh, also gave a tremendous performance. Immortality, it's an FMV game. You are basically taking the role of an archivist a digital archivist who is archiving three films that um this uh actress starred in that have just been kind of lost to time so you start out on just like a single clip and then every time you click on something in that clip like it could be a mug or something like that it'll take you to another clip that has a mug in it and then you click on a person's face and it takes you to another clip that with that person's face in it. And you keep diving and you keep going in and in and further and further and like peeling back the layers of the story. Um, and it's tremendous. It's best known. Uh, it's best played without knowing anything about it. Um, nice. And then once you uh, once you play it, go watch Jacob Geller's video on it. Uh, but otherwise, Immortality, go play it. It's tremendous. Hell yeah. All okay. right. Number two. Oh, we're going down them, aren't we? Um, my number two, uh, surprising basically no one, is Against the Storm. 
Oh, I, really? You haven't talked about Against the I Storm at all. I barely mentioned how much Against the Storm has ruined my life. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I can't get enough of this game. Um, I like, I like my city builders, but this has something different to it. Uh, the aesthetic is unique enough. Um, the rogue-like elements of it, the fact that it, it's not just enough to build your one little settlement, you've got to build, at this point for me, we're in the dozens range, um, and everything gets wiped clean and started over after a certain amount of settlements, trying out new strategies, figuring out different synergies, and unlocking new buildings, new people, new everything is Super fun. It's got a interestingly bleak uh, storyline to it. You can sit down and just play forever and make your fun little town and get really caught up in the aesthetic of it. Or you can go really hard on just um, the gameplay loop of it and trying to win, quote unquote. Uh, mm-hmm. I am slowly unlocking all of the achievements. I think the thing for me that put this one so high up on the list was just how engaged I was, and, and, and it's an early access game. It's not finished. And I don't tend to do that all that often. I, sure. I With early access games, I, I want to play the finished product. I'm not generally given to playing something um, when it isn't finished, which has become a whole thing. I respect people who do like to do that kind of thing, but that's just not my way. I'm, I just sure. want to play it. And very few games have brought out uh, that side of me. Like this is this is on the level of darkest dungeon for me. On the level of oh. like how engaged and interested oh. I am, despite the fact that it's not finished. Because when I first yeah. got into darkest dungeon, it wasn't finished. It wasn't finished either. Yeah. Right. So this one is something that I think I'm going to be playing for a very long time. Uh, and does it now? I, does it have Wayne June providing voiceover? It, it, nobody's perfect, Kevin. And okay. uh, I think if it had Wayne June, we wouldn't be talking right now because I would be working on my Against the Storm uh, yeah. podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you remember our venerable estate. <laughs> God, Opulent and imperious. <laughs> there's nothing better. Nothing better than that man's voice. So, yeah, I, I there's no this is the this is a. Uh, my second highest in terms of sheer gameplay hours uh, oh, wow. in a game. It has become a comfort food game to me in a quick amount of time. That's amazing. Uh, it is. It it's it is it is it has sucked me in, and I am uh, helpless. Uh, You're helpless to its powers. To it. Yeah, that's where you I'm are, at. So it is a vampire, and you are the um, the what's it? What's the 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 thrall yeah yeah there it uh, is i'm the i'm the renfield yeah the renfield uh, there's no question about it yeah it's so good so so good i i can't stop playing it so that's that's that is absolutely my number two i have no regrets on that one so uh kevin what is your number two my number two is return to monkey island there um, you go which is i don't know what else to say about this game other than I loved every I loved every single inch of it by the time it was wrapping up and the the closing of the game. Um, it it destroyed me uh, mm-hmm. emotionally. 
there is a level of there's just this this level of touch and love to the game that could really only come from somebody who had to wait 30 years to make it. Ron Gilbert has had his third Monkey Island game sitting in the chamber for 30 years. Um, and he spent a long part of his career burnt out on the like the corporate game um, world and it was making pretty much educational games only and then slowly started to inch back. Uh, he made the cave with um, with his protege. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy uh, who did Psychonauts. Um, oh, uh, Levine? Was that Levine? No. 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 Uh, who am I thinking? The I Double Fine guy. Uh, yeah. Tim Schafer. Schafer! I always get the two of those mixed up. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Tim Schafer, if you don't know, back in the Lucasfilm games, LucasArts days, was kind of like the uh, a protege. Um, he worked under uh, Ron Gilbert, and they worked together on writing a bunch of stuff back then. Um, so, Ron Gilbert had his return. He makes the cave in the early aughts, um, or late aughts, rather, uh, with Tim Schafer f- with Double Fine. Then a few years later, he makes Thimbleweed, Thimbleweed Park, which was more or less the swan song for the nine verb point and click game in his in in like his mind, not in his mind. I don't want to speak for him, but in my mind, the way it was he treated it, the way that game ends, it feels almost like a swan song, like saying goodbye to an yeah. older format of game that really is doesn't. It's not necessary anymore. And then we have Return to Monkey Island, which is a tremendous send off. I don't know if they're going to ever make another one, and I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. Um, it's a tremendous send off to the stories and the characters um, that we've grown to know and love. And uh, the writing is is on point and the voice acting by yeah. Dominic Armato. Um, who is the longtime voice of Guybrush Threepwood. He's been the voice of Guybrush Threepwood for 30, 30 years now. Um, Has anyone ever done the voice? Anyone else? Yeah. I, th- I know. I, I think, think so. it's been Dom- yeah. I think it's been Dominic Armato the entire time. Yeah. Um, so it's it's tremendous. It's poignant, and I I love it. And I I was bawling by the end. Um yeah. the end of the game and then the end of the thing that happens after the game. Yes, which yes, thank you for for informing of me, uh, uh, informing me of that. By the way, I I I myself had beaten the game and was telling Kevin, my God, that really what you were right. That really did send me. That was that was fantastic. What a beautiful send off. And and Kevin went, did you uh, check the thing? And I was like, no, I didn't know there was. Okay, hold on. And I was like, oh great, round two. Here we go. Emotions. We you know just <laughs> yeah. I, I, my, uh, uh, I, without, <laughs> without pissing Spoiling. anybody off. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, well, then that's, I've never done anything like that. Um, yeah. I, I hope they don't make any more Monkey Island games. Sure. Okay. You know what I mean? It, that's going to sound like a weird thing to say. It just, it feels like it's such an appropriate, send off for this it felt appropriate it felt good it felt worthy of the franchise 
And sometimes it's okay to just let things end. Sometimes it's okay to say goodbye to something that we love. You know, sometimes that's something that you, that the game really communicates is that it's sometimes the journey, the journey is the thing that matters the most. And the ending, when you come to it, is not always necessarily going to be satisfying or make total sense or mm-hmm. uh, be the perfect button that you want. So it's important to have the enjoyment of the journey that you can while the journey is happening. Absolutely. And I think that is basically what made Return to Monkey Islands my second favorite game of the year. Um, it, 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 it made me, it put me in my feelings. Okay. <laughs> As the kids say. Well said, sir. Well said. All right. What's okay. number one? What's your number right. one? Take a sip of that gin. That's gin, right? It's my, you get- my delicious homemade gin. There you go. Yeah. Uh, it's Vampire Survivors. Of <laughs> course it is. Of course it is. Dopamine Factory. The music, the style, the the the, the level of weirdness without taking itself too seriously. It is simultaneously casual as hell while also very weird and strange and complicated in other ways that you don't expect. It's yep. something you can play in bite-sized pieces or you can play for hours on end and holy shit what happened to my Wednesday afternoon it is sure. it is fantastic it brings me back every time i bought the dlc i will be continuing to strive for my perfect score on achievements uh i love it i love it it's just so very very satisfying um James Stephanie Sterling wrote backstory for all the enemies, which was just freaking hilarious. That's um, amazing. It's wonderful. And, and it's, it's fantastic. And, and it just, and honestly, on a side note, it feels like the people who developed this game are stand up folks. That's just all there's to it. They seem like cool people. Sure. Um, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I love it. I, I loved every second I spent with it. I loved the experience of playing it in early access. I am not the guy, as I just mentioned, to sure. play these early access games and follow patches and updates. I don't do that. I just, I don't care. I'm not that technically minded of a person and I but. just want to play the game. <laughs> But I found my, yes, I found myself like waiting on (laughs) updates, patch notes. I'm reading patch notes, Kevin. You're reading patch. uh, You are not a patch note person. No, I am not. How did that happen? I'll tell you how it happened. Vampire survivors. I damn vampire survivors. Fucking I, I loved it. I had a blast with it. I'm certain I'm going to be putting in hours uh, for it in 2023 my game of the year, Fantastic. hands down, easy. It was an easy choice this year. Yeah. So and Kevin, number one, shock my, us, Kevin. Give us a big shock. My number one is <laughs> Kirby and the Forgotten. No, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> no, it's Elden Ring. It's Elden, Elden Ring. Ring. Elden Ring. Elden Ring. I put. 
More, I was about to say, oh, I put more hours in Vampire. No, fuck no. I put more hours into Elden Ring than anything else this year. That's why I was right when you said that about Vampire yeah. Survivors earlier. Like, really? No, that I, seems I, weird. I have like, two, I think two separate 100 hour plus playthroughs of the game on my save files. It is tremendous. Elden Ring. I I can understand FromSoft's game design philosophies not for or not for everybody. That being said, Elden Ring is lowercase accessible. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying accessibility as in accessibility as it's like, you know, the accessibility options. I'm right. saying lowercase accessible to more people than any prior FromSoft game. In people like me. Of, yes. <laughs> In terms of like uh, a difficulty, um, it's probably the easiest of the FromSoft uh, Souls-like games that have come out. I think Elden Ring was a tremendous, it's not a send-off, but it's like a, a pause for now on this style of game as FromSoft is going back into the world of giant mechs punching each other to death. The new Armored Core game, they hadn't made one since 2013, I want to say, um, was an expansion. It was like a, a, not an expansion, but it's like an additional part of Armored Core 5 uh, in mm -hmm. 2013 was, was released. Um, and Armored Core was their bread and butter before... These the really Souls like games, gorgeous games. Yeah, uh, that was their 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 jam. I mean, FromSoft has made a bajillion games in the past, you know, thirty years or so. But uh, the the releases of Armored Core games and the the aughts were pretty much the thing, their thing. Um, so it's interesting to see them return to form. That being said, Elden Ring, in terms of depth and breadth is an amazing game it has so much to do and see there is the amazing thing about it is that you you don't need to play the entire thing in order to beat it mm. um, you don't have to beat all the bosses in order to beat it it's not it's not one of those games where you have to kill everything you can skip uh i want to say you can skip three of the biomes in the game if you want to and just oh, wow. and just go straight to the end that being said you're not going to get the the to the final boss type stuff uh or the best endings or and there's so many quest lines throughout the game that you can uh play there's there's a bunch of different endings it's tremendous i love it it was it was just so much to, fun to play and explore it was one of the best experiences I've had exploring in an open world game. Most open world games can be kind of tedious. You know, there will, there will be a lot of stuff that it's a whole lot of nothing. Right. And uh, Elden Ring was a it was a whole lot of something. That's that's the back of the box quote right there. <laughs> Kevin from Pixel it a whole it's a whole lot of something. I like it. Um, so that's my number one game of the year that that is absolutely what i expected and you know me with these games i i just i don't feel like i'm built for them and i can't help but think that i know i'm going to end up playing this game it's impossible to ignore the level of 
I, I hesitate to use the word hype because hype suggests that it isn't worth right. uh, the sound and fury that seems to be surrounding it. I believe that it is. Um, yeah, just just the 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 level of um, prestige that has gained in such a short amount of time, where people are saying not only is this the best game of 2022, it might be one of the best games of the last 20 years, um, right. is absolute insanity and impossible to ignore. So um, I, I'm 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 still deeply deeply intrigued. So we're going yeah. to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, so those are our, our top 10 games of the year. Uh, uh, top 18, we had two overlaps, right? Two yeah, overla- well, three uh, overlaps. Two, three. Three overlaps. Three, three overlaps. Uh, Snap, Monkey Island, and uh, Vampire Survivors. No, and four. Cult of the Lamb. And Cult of the Lamb. All right, yep. so top 16 games of the year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's fine. You know, I do. Maybe this won't make it into the uh, final cut, but I do feel like we probably should real quick uh, just throw this out there. Discuss what's what's your book of the year uh, of the books that we read on the show? Oh, 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 yeah. So uh, book of the year. Now we're going to talk a little bit about our, our book of the year. What is our favorite book that we read this year? Phil, why don't you why don't you hit me with with what you you think was the best book we read this year? Um, I'm going to go with Dark Souls Mask of Vindication. No, you know what? That makes Uh, sense. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think of all of the books that we read for this show this year, and this was an interesting year um, as far as not just what we've covered, but the fact that this was the, our first full year. So yep. we started new franchises. We read books that came out this year, as opposed to classics that we had to find old PDFs for and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, we talked to excellent writers and and it's just been a really cool year. It's been um, a fun year. It's been really fun. Uh, uh, it's, it's been great. And, uh, of the books that we read this year that I think that just hit me the hardest and stuck with me, uh, I'm going to have to go with Halo Rubon, Rubicon Protocol. Okay. Uh, I think that one was the perfect blend of good adaptation and just flat out good novel. Uh, yeah. It brought the video game, it brought the Halo feel, and it brought some serious depth to it uh, that I did not expect. Sure. I did not expect uh, for it to go uh, so deep into the horrors of war and honor killing and uh, these regular Joes out there trying to survive and everything like that. It was It was thrilling. It was depressing. I absolutely loved it. Uh, and I'm hoping we can still get uh, we've we've talked to to Kelly Gay um, at least briefly uh, in terms of getting her on the show and just hasn't yeah. worked out timing wise. And I, I'm hoping that we can maybe make that happen in 2020. Yeah, some, sometimes in, sometime in the next year, I'd love yeah. to, to talk to her. Absolutely. Uh, so I would say that that is my uh, book of the year. Kevin, uh, yeah. what, what do you think? Um, yeah, I. I think I agree with you on Halo Rubicon Protocol. It's it's up there. It, it's I would I would say it's neck and neck between Eco Castle in the mm. Mist and Halo Rubicon Protocol, which yeah. is funny. 
it's and it's not even necessarily recency bias because they we did read those two uh very recently but i would say the first half of the year um is not we didn't have a lot going on in terms of favorite books like we we read halo the flood halo flood is is fine um and we we talked to the author Mm -hmm. uh uh william c deets uh about halo the flood and um some of the things that we we thought were a little off about it um Mm -hmm. let's see uh, we read diablo legacy of blood really good for the first you know 60 percent kind of falls off at the end a little bit a little bit uh mortal kombat I I forgot that we read Mortal Kombat until literally <laughs> just now. It is not good. Not good. Uh, not there good. is no there's there's very little combat. Um and not enough mortals. <laughs> <laughs> you failed on two levels. Two levels. Uh two for levels. our one year anniversary, we read Resident Evil Caliban Cove, which is solid. That would have been and, that would have been, I think, in my top three. I really enjoyed yeah, reading that. The SD Perry, she always she always turns out for comes through. For, so, and then uh, we we also read uh, after that we read Shadow Keep and talked to the yes. author, uh, the king of the the uh, the movie to book adaptation himself, Alan Dean Foster. We we interviewed him. What a thrill! Uh, and uh, Shadow Keep was was really solid. He 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 went pretty hard for a a game that really had not much going on. Yeah, he had fun with it, and and when he was having fun, I was having fun. It it, yes. it dropped off at the end, but dropped man, off at the end. It had it was it had a lot of charm. Let's say yes, and he was actually surprised that we wanted to talk to him about it because, um, I mean, who else? I don't think anybody else in the world has probably asked him a question about Shadowkeep. Kevin, and we may have cornered this market. I'm just saying. we may have cornered this market. <laughs> Uh, we read uh, a terrible uh, Assassin's Creed graphic novel. Uh, yeah, uh, Assassin's Creed Bloodstone, terrible. Um, terrible. Uh, Golden Axe, the the world's of power equivalent. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> uh, Infinity Blade Awakening. That would have been I mean, in my t- that would have been in my top three as well. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon Sanderson, uh, heck of an author. He, very, he does his good. he does his he knows his stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. FNAF, the Silver Eyes, the we, the Revenge Tour against that book. We good made it Lord. through. We're still we made recording. it through though. We made it through. We made it through, and we're still recording the podcast. I and know. it is a bad book. Um, it's a bad book. Beginning and end, not good. Um, let's see. Halo: The Rubicon Protocol. Yes. Tremendous, tremendous. Yes, I agree. It could be considered our our book of the year. Absolutely. Uh, I have no mouth and I must scream. Um, I mean, I don't feel right putting that on the list because it's a, it's a, it's a short story. B, yeah. it's, it's so it's, it's already has enough accolades and, and cultural awareness, you know? <laughs> right, right. I don't think, I don't need, I don't think he needs our help, but I will say, I think I enjoyed the game more than I enjoyed the story. I would, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dark Souls: Mask of Vindication, just a really poor showing. Um, uh, Eco would Castle you, in the I, Mist. Yeah, this might be this might be a silly question, Kevin. Real sure. quick, but would you say that Dark Souls: Mask of Vindication was your least favorite book of the year? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I knew. I that think one it's was at the bottom of the barrel. You. I think. I think. 
like taking the like worlds of power and those books like that out of the running because you know whatever it's a not really counting those. Thing it's, a, it's like yeah. that's an apple and oranges thing i think yeah mask of indication is probably at the bottom um yeah and yeah. it was bad it was my least favorite book of the year um and then uh eco castle in the mist and we ended the year with Eco Castle in the Mist and Bioshock Infinite Minor and Revolt. By the way, we didn't even, I don't even necessarily think we planned it like this or we might have, but we read the Bioshock books uh, one year apart from each other. Almost exactly. Son of a bitch. We absolutely did. <laughs> that's hilarious. I had no. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, when you put when you got a spreadsheet that shows what books you're reading and and when they're up and everything like that, uh a year and a half goes by real quick when you're scrolling past it. Uh oh, Zoom. That's wild. Oh, that's so funny. It is wild. Um mm. but yeah, so I would say for me it's either Eco Castle in the Mist or uh Rubicon Protocol. I might give the edge to Rubicon Protocol because I feel mm. like Rubicon Protocol never had a moment where it dropped off. It was strong all the way through. Whereas the second act of Castle in the Mist, um, I didn't, it wasn't a problem so much for me. um, But I agree a little bit that like the flashbacks were just a little bit too much in the, in the middle of the book. It had some hiccups. I, I, a little hiccup. Yeah. But ultimately the difference between that, um, and other books that we've read, for example, that might be coming up uh, that deal with flashbacks, uh, is that I think that's a hint. My, that's a hint. <laughs> that's what we call foreshadowing. That's what uh, we call foreshadowing, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, ladies and gentle thems. Yeah, I, I think the difference though is is just that when it comes to eco, that's just a matter of taste. I, I don't yeah. think that it is a badly written section. I just didn't care for sure. um, the pacing of it personally. But but you can still, like, my God, hardly anyone has written characters as charming and as fleshed out as uh, as uh, as the author of Eco Castle in the Mist, who, whose name escapes me at the moment. Uh, uh, forgive me. I think it's Mizuki Miyabe. Mizuki Miyabe, yeah. Uh, I think... Uh, Wonderful, wonderful author. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right with you. It was it's it's pretty close with that one. So, yeah. 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 We read some pretty good books this year, dude. We read some pretty good books and I'm looking forward to, to next year. Where yeah. We're going to read some pretty dang good books, too. We got we got two S.D. Perry books on the calendar. We, we got will be reading a whole year mapped out. In front we do of have a whole people. year mapped out. It's it's mm-hmm. obviously asterisk asterisk subject to change. Of course. Um, I mean, we did that last year as well. We kind of went with the flow, made changes as they as they needed to be. But yeah, we we plan things out like a year in advance. So um, yeah, we're 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 on it. We're here. We're for it. Uh, and that'll do it for tonight's episode. So if you want to help us out head over to our website, pixelitpod.com, and uh, subscribe for our newsletter. Uh, It's free, it's convenient, and you also get the episodes just a a bit earlier, a bit before everybody else. You can can go and get a little secret clicky link that takes you to the website and lets you listen uh, before the episode comes out. So that's neat. Um, And we'll probably be posting some other things through the newsletter over the next year or so. 
so go ahead, go to pixelitpod.com, sign up for the newsletter today. Otherwise, follow us on social media, pixelitpod, at pixelitpod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we have a TikTok uh, now. It's got content yeah. that's going up on it. So we're cool. People are watching that. We're hip. Think. We're, um, cool. we're, we're, we're hip people. Uh, we're, we're throwing some stuff up on the YouTube channel. We got YouTube shorts going out. Um, they're the same thing as the TikTok stuff overall. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, pick your poison, pick your favorite. We're doing them subscribe. a little out of order, but yeah, follow, follow one and, 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 uh, just enjoy. Um, yeah. and we also put video versions of every episode up on the YouTube channel. So go ahead and subscribe to that. If you want to see us, our beautiful faces talk about books based on video games uh yeah so that'll it happy happy new year everybody you know happy new year guys it was a it was a heck of a year and i can't wait to get further into it with you in 2023 so hell yeah have have a happy happy holidays i hope you had a great christmas and uh just a safe and happy new year's good night good night